We'll be reading Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Religious people God doesn't know. A passage like Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23 is one of those that ought to give each one of us pause and to really think about the implications of what Jesus is saying here in this context. In fact, it's the kind of thing that as you begin to think about Jesus telling these obviously religious people, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness, it's enough to want to ask the same question that the disciples asked at the Last Supper, Master, is it I? You know, there's countless warnings throughout the New Testament that tell Christians, Christians, to think about their relationship with God in terms of how we really relate to God. I think about 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. Be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. Of course, I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. A passage like Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23 causes us to think, Master, is it I? Could I possibly be one of those religious people that God doesn't know? I want to do just a understanding and a look at the text to look at four different characteristics about these people that Jesus will look at on the day of judgment and will tell this horrible saying there in verse 23 too and to look at these characteristics in terms of well what the passage actually says about them and about their relationship or lack thereof to the Lord. Let's begin with this one this evening. Religious people God doesn't know may be people that go far in all things religious. These people may be people that are going far in all things religious. Look back at the passage, if you've got your Bible open there in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Look down also in verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord you find that there are very respectful terms of what Jesus uses or what these people use towards Jesus. They obviously have a measure of respect for what the Lord, who the Lord is. They speak emphatically, Lord, Lord, and respectfully towards him. You know, that's the truth of the matter is that we might be people who can acknowledge the lordship of Jesus and yet not belong to Jesus. Notice also what these people begin to do as they appeal to him there in verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? What do you notice about these people? They're going far in all things religious. They are very active. They are very involved in things that they believe are going to be pleasing to the Lord and things that are going to be uh, uh, honoring to him. And in fact, if you actually look also at the repeated words there, verse 22, you notice that they're doing these things underlined in your name. 
One of the things that we try and emphasize here, because it's what the Bible emphasizes, is the understanding that what we do, we do in the name of Jesus. Isn't that right? Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians chapter uh, 3 and verse 17 uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, whatever you do, and, uh, uh, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We want to do something that's done by his authority and something that's pleasing to him. And here's people who are doing all things religious, who are being very active and very involved in what they're doing. And they're saying, Lord, we're doing these things in your name. Lord, we have a measure of respect for you. But don't forget the context. These are people Religious people, Jesus says, that God doesn't know. Master, is it I? And these are ideas that we want to cherish in understanding the authority of the Lord, respect for the Lord, but not everybody does. And the Lord doesn't know everybody that calls upon his name. In fact, Jesus would tell his disciples in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? That's a hint as to where we're going towards the end of the lesson. Number two, notice second characteristic this evening. These are people who may be at it for a while. Maybe at it for a while. You get the sense that what they're doing here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, as they begin to make their appeal, it's a very public appeal, isn't it? Can you imagine people standing on the day of judgment and beginning to appeal to the Lord? And very, Lord, don't you know all of the things that we've done for you and the things that we've done in your name? We've cast out demons. We've, we've prophesied. We've, we've done all these wonder, mighty works in your name. They may be at it for a while. The text seems to indicate this, that these things happen over a period of time. Is there evident, any evidence here in this context that they're lying? I don't find any. Now, the Lord doesn't look at them and call them liars for doing the things that they did. These were, things were actually done, and they did it over a period of time, and, and they wouldn't be silenced by others. They did it over the long haul. It's interesting when you get to the book of Acts, and you get to Acts chapter 19, and you have the sons of Sceva, and, and, and there's uh, trying to cast out a demon, and the demon says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but I don't know who you are. You know, it's not like a magical incantation or mantra, these people are doing these things over long periods of time. They've been at it for a while. They're going far in all things religious. And yet Jesus says these are religious people that God doesn't know. Master, is it I? Number three. Characteristic number three. They find that they're terribly mistaken. Terribly mistaken. Brothers and sisters, what this passage is indicating what it's cautioning us against and what it's really pulling us to is an understanding that this is an issue of loving obedience. Jesus says, many will say to me in that day, that ought to give us pause right there, especially on the heels of verses 13 and 14 in Matthew chapter 7. You remember that Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the way, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many that go in thereby. And then talking about false teachers in the very next breath, and then coming to this and saying, there's going to be many on the day of judgment. Many are going to say to me in that day, and these are the ones, these many, that I'm going to have to say to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you, many, who practice lawlessness. Who are these? 
These are people who are terribly mistaken about their relationship with the Lord. They knew God's name, but they lacked God's nature. They could speak in his name. The prophecy means to speak on God's behalf. That may be miraculous in nature, but they had not allowed God to speak to them in his word. That's kind of like what Paul writes about the Romans, or excuse me, the Roman Christians there, or the Jews. He writes to the Roman Christians about the Jews in Romans chapter 9, verses 30 through 32, and talking about Israel not having submitted to God's righteousness, they established a righteousness of their own. Doesn't that sound like so many in the religious world today? You know, the Bible is outdated. You know, the Bible is not relevant for mankind today. The Bible doesn't speak uh, uh, to man's problems today. And so let's put the Bible on a shelf somewhere. We'll, We'll still give lip service to it. But here's the things that we see that need to be done. And here's the things that we feel like need to be accomplished in Jesus' name so that God can be glorified. Brothers and sisters, it's a scary truth to realize these people are going to be people who are terribly mistaken. And number four, characteristic number four, these are the ones who are going to realize it entirely too late. To realize it entirely too late. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And as Jesus pronounces What he pronounces there in verse 23, I will plainly declare to them, I will not mince words when it comes to this. I will not try and sugarcoat this to to help them to, to, to soften the blow. I am going to plainly declare to them, I never knew you. Depart, go away from me, you who practice lawlessness. Because what we're talking about is a humble, loving obedience issue. Jesus, as he declares these things to these people, I want you to understand that it's not that they're without the revelation of God. It's the fact that here's what God wants, and here is his revelation, and these people are the ones who will choose to plainly ignore it and plainly leave it out for their lives. The whole issue revolves around what we read there in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but that last little part, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. What does God want more than anything else? What does God want more than hospitals established with the name of of Jesus on it? What does God want more than than, than people to, to go out and try and feed tens and thousands of people? What does he want more than anything else? He wants the heart first. The humble loving obedience of a person who says I'm going to submit to God no matter what he says I'm going to live for him and I'm going to glorify Jesus no matter what it is that he says and what he tells me to do in his word I want to be a person that just simply follows what God has said and without that without that heart the danger is is that I might or you might be a person that God doesn't know, a religious person that God doesn't know. A terrible truth, depart from me, is that there are worlds, entire good works that are built around religion and church. 
that don't have anything to do with a humble, loving obedience. You know, that's a real temptation. Is to want to say, look at all the great things that we're doing. Look at all the great things that this church is doing. Look at all the great things we've been involved with. And then to understand that what's being done is not within the will of God. What a horrible realization. What a parable truth to understand that not only is it a corporate body, a church, but it's also you and me as individuals. And what God wants is your heart. He wants us to have that humble, loving obedience. One man said the best advertisement for Christianity is Christians. But sometimes the worst advertisement for Christianity is Christians. Does God have your heart? All of these things, I want to do what pleases God religiously. I want to be a person that calls on the name of Jesus respectfully, humbly, I want to be a person that, that, that is, is known for doing good works in the name of the Lord. I want to be a person that understands that, 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 uh, that worship is necessary, that service, humble, loving service is necessary. I want to do all those things, but folks, it's about the heart first. Have I humbly submitted to Jesus? Have I humbly submitted to God? If not, the possibility is great that I could be one of these people that Jesus is describing here in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. People like this do exist, and God forbid that this should describe any one of us. The will of God, the will of the Father, begins with faith, repentance, baptism, humble submission to him. And folks, it doesn't stop there. Sometimes we get the idea that just as soon as a person comes up out of the water, there's nothing further that they need to do. There's no further commitment that they need to make because what they've done in, in humble faith and obedience is they've come up out of that water of baptism. Their sins are washed away just like the New Testament describes. And then they get to go and they get to do whatever they think that pleases the Lord. Brothers and sisters, that's the start of service to the king. That's the start of a person humbly lovingly loving the Lord God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and with all their strength, and loving their neighbor as themselves. Religious people God doesn't know. Might that possibly describe you? Might that possibly describe me? The issue is humble, loving obedience. I just want to do the will of the Father, don't you? Yet I find sometimes that I fail miserably, don't you? <laughs> What it is, it's about turning to him in grace and turning to him and trusting in him every single step of the way. God bless you this week, church. If we can help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you during this time, won't you make it known as we stand and sing our invitation song?